Welcome to Not a Grande Outdoors. Rodney Wood here with you. Kyle Jackson could not be with us on this hunt. He's at home taking care of the wife and the newborn baby. But I do have Deedon Bates. How you doing? <laughs> I got in trouble. Um, my mother-in-law told me that I should have marked our last podcast explicit because your middle name is Master. It's not Master. <laughs> so when I called you three separate words, Dedon, Master, Bates, on the last podcast, her filthy mind took over and she thought I should have marked it explicit. And I told her, just quit thinking dirty. It's not even what I meant. <laughs> Thank you, PG. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? <clears throat> well, we're going to talk tonight about our deer hunt. The end of the curse. The end of the curse. Right? Ten... 10 years in the making, 20 years in the making. Right? It's been well, it's been a long time. We've went on Oh, let me see. So me, you and Kyle have been on three hunts together? No, I'm Elk hunting two deer hunts. Okay. Right? Maybe. Two two deer hunts in Artesia and the elk hunt? I think that's right. And this this year would have made five. Right. And that's what we've done. Yeah, that's what we've done together. Oh, no, and, and um, well, I guess four, because we also had the 2B deer hunt. Oh, that's right. Yep. So, three deer hunts and an elk hunt. And me and you have been on those, you know, plus three or four others. Oh, I, I don't know. We've Two, <clears> a, two elk we've, hunts. Well, sure. We, we went on some bow hunts and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, we've been friends for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, and we've we've hunted multiple occasions together. Yeah, and yet anytime we're together, we tend to not come up with an animal. I know. If, if I leave early, you tag out the day after I leave. Yep. Um, I don't guess you've ever left on me. Well, I guess that's not true. I ended up with an elk one time right after you had left. Yes, that that's true. That's true. And uh, so. You know, it, after after twenty years of never killing an animal together, right? Um, and obviously, it's not about the kill; it's about the hunting experience. Sure, which is always a blast. But to actually finally put an end to the to the never ending curse, right? Um, we ended up with an animal yesterday. We did. We did. We we finally we finally got one down together, and. We'll probably go back to the cursed days and never do it again. <laughs> after, after the mystery of that of the day that we had, on, on, as much as I hunt, I'm. I told Rodney, I said, I think I've killed more deer than chronic wasting disease has. But um, to to get to do that with, you know, lifelong buddy of mine and and lifelong hunting partner of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it pretty special. It was pretty cool. It, it was it was pretty cool. Um, we were hunting. We were hunting in Unit Fifty Eight, um, which is very north 
east, east corner. corner of New Mexico. Um, not a uh, highly sought after hunt. Um, all told, we saw six deer on public land in, in two days. Yep. We saw a lot more deer than that, particularly this evening. But um, six deer on public land in two days, four bucks and two does, hundreds of antelope, um, and one rattlesnake. <clears throat> we'll talk about the rattlesnake. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But so unit 58, um, and the hard part about this unit is... Um, the, the there's public no public land. land. Well, there is. There, public there's a lot land. of public land, but you can't get to it. It's it's one section at a time. It's yeah. You know, it's it's one mile, one mile by one mile. Yeah. And it's surrounded by by private land that you mm-hmm. can't get access to, mm-hmm. or that that you can. This this hunt, there were thirty hunters on, uh, thirty other deer hunters at the same time, uh, plus some elk hunts that were apparently going on. Mm-hmm. Um, saw some elk driving up and down the road on on the back of rangers. So, yeah, I mean, 30, 30 deer hunters in that unit, I, I would think with the amount of deer that we saw, that, that's kind of a lot of hunters for, for that unit. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, we didn't really see any other hunters. Um, we, we saw, what, two at Loves and Clayton, and yeah. that was kind of the, yeah. the extent of the hunters that we saw. Yeah, very, very few hunters. Um, but like like you said, it's just very hard to to find state. Now, like there there's a couple of chunks that are their largest chunks. But even these chunks, the hard part about it, especially one of the areas that we went into, is there's one little spot that you can access the land from. Now now, ninety percent of the public land up there is state land. There's a little bit of forest land in the uh, Kiowa National Grasslands. And there's one little piece, I don't know, maybe a quarter section or less of BLM. Everything else is state land. And very little of that is accessible. I know that right now, um, you know, there's a lot of talk out there in the hunting society right now about landlocked public land. You know, there's nine something million acres of public land that is unaccessible to the public in the western states and that does not include state land that only includes blm forest stuff like that if you added the state land that's not accessible to that man i'd hate to see that number then and the worst part about it is we are renting that land the department of game and fish I don't, I don't. I wish Kyle was here. He could explain it better, and we'll touch on it again in a future podcast. But the Department of Game and Fish, for lack of a better or more accurate term, rents state land for hunters to hunt on, and so these lands are being rented and unused, paid for, by, paid for, paid for, paid for by by us, by our hunting tax. Yes, because because. That's how they make their money. They make their money on hunting licenses. That money goes to the different things, and we're renting this land, and we can't get to it. And that's pretty frustrating. Um, Nonetheless, um, you know, we did have a good hunt. 
uh, we were able to harvest one animal. Uh, the, the, the area that we were hunting in had a little bitty spot that touched the road so we could get in there. Now, that's probably the biggest, one of the biggest chunks of state land in the area. I mean, it was several miles wide, several miles tall. Um, you know, I, I thought that it was funny that the local people at the restaurant that you stopped at the night before was like, Wow, you're going into rabbit ears. That's right? pretty. That's pretty right? brave. <laughs> now and, we know why. And, uh, <laughs> I, I thought, wow, that's a that's an interesting perspective from a local. But they're like, oh yeah, there's a lot of deer in there. Yeah, but they really didn't elaborate. And uh, so the the part of public land that, that we could access from the highway uh, to get into the unit was. I don't know, maybe a hundred yard strip or maybe maybe a hundred and fifty yard strip. It's, it's pretty yeah, it's small. pretty small. Yeah, but uh, thank goodness it's there and it touches the the public road because we were able to get access into that into that gigantic section. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we started out there. And, yeah. And, uh, and now it, it would be really good if you had horses or helicopter. Helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> If we were rich Texans with a helicopter, it'd be fantastic. Um, but if you had horses, and you know something I should check on? I wonder if you can ride a bike across state land. I don't know. Now, I know you can't drive off, you cannot drive off the road at all on state land, but I wonder if you could ride a bike across there. I'd, I'm going to have to ask about that. We were, I was over on a place in Texas, and... Uh, this this guy had had uh, he went for a joyride, and he was he came back and he said you can't imagine how many animals I've seen riding my bicycle right, and I said why do you think that is and he said well he said I think animals and he's a big hunter he's like I I don't think animals know what a bicycle is Mm-mm. it's a moving vehicle like a car is so they're really not scared mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. It's quiet. You can't hear it coming. And uh, he said, man, I, I, you just can't believe how many animals you can see from a bicycle. And so maybe, I mean, maybe that's a logical thought. I, I, I don't know. It might be. It might be something we need to look into. That when, we, when we hunted 2B last year, um, I had a coworker tell me that a very good way to hunt that is with a bicycle. And he said it, it keeps you going slow, um, but you can still cover a lot of country, and you see a lot of good deer that way. We, so we saw those guys up there. We saw two or three sets of hunters that had yep. had big racks of about outdoor bicycles, heavy mm-hmm. heavy duty off road bicycles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for that purpose. Yeah. Well, you know, and and it makes sense um, what your friend was saying because. I have a cousin, and he's killed a lot of big deer, and he's done it all from the back of a four-wheeler. And there's a lot, there's a lot of outdoor recreationalists who are out there riding around on their bikes, riding around on four-wheelers, and not shooting a deer. And pretty much during hunting season, everybody walking through the forest is shooting at deer, and they've learned, well, we run from those guys. <laughs> <laughs> but not so much the four-wheelers or the bikes, you right. know. 
So I mean, it, that could that could make sense, you know. Kind of kind of to one of your points on one of your earlier podcasts with me. If they're inside of ten yards, they're they're pretty safe. They're pretty safe. Yeah, yeah. If they get close to you, they're good. <laughs> um, so so we went into to, to rabbit ears and large large plot of state land, small access. Um, morning number one. And we didn't really know what to expect. We were kind of counting on Kyle to be able to go with us um, to that's, help us chew the way because he—that's that's his home turf. It's I mean. yeah, it's his home turf. You know, he went to high school in that town, and he he knows that that country up there pretty well. Um, but we struck out on our own, and we go in there, and the, the funniest part of the hunt, um, we're looking at all this. Very, very open country. It's antelope country. It's antelope. It's, country. it's big time antelope country. country. It's it's antelope country. And it's it's got these little draws, and they're not very deep. They're pretty long. They're not that deep until you have to pull the deer out of it. Yeah, <laughs> and there's almost no trees. Mm-hmm. You know, there's very few trees in this country. It's just open grass country. And Dedon says, "There's a buck antelope." And I look up and I said, no, that's a buck deer. And these animals were really close to they were Yeah, yeah, 2,000 yards away. Yeah, my, my range finders hit 1,800 yards against the, the side of a hill without a problem. And they were beyond 1,800 yards. Yeah, yeah. So it, we're going back and forth. Nope, that's a buck deer. Nope, it's a buck antelope. So finally, Dedon says, uh, where are you looking? And I said, you see the one tree? And he goes, yeah, just to the left of that. Nope, just to the right of that. <laughs> so to the left of that stands a buck antelope and several does. <laughs> and to the right of that is four bucks. So we get pretty excited. And <laughs> we, we start to make a plan on how to get up on them. But it's flat. It's flat. And it's nothing but grass. And the wind was in our favor. Wind was in our favor, but there was just, I mean, we were just like, how in the world are we going to get up on these things? So we come around, we drop off the hill. Um, Hill, that is, I'll use that term (laughs) lightly. (laughs) We we back off until we can't see over the grass to the the deer. (laughs) Through the natural curvature of the earth's surface. Right? <laughs> and we do something that should probably never be done. We drop our packs. We dropped our packs. Um, kind of really not taking into consideration all the necessities <laughs> that, that are required in our packs. Yeah. So, uh, drop our packs, and, and thank goodness Rodney had the sense about him to uh, mark that as a GPS location. Right. Um, on our maps, mm-hmm. and which remember that because that's important later in the it, story. <laughs> it is, and uh, so we we struck off, and yeah, I think we found a total of three gopher holes that we could hide behind gopher mounds. There was there was yeah three little gopher mounds and one little cluster of yuccas, and then another yeah, yeah. A, a cluster means two. Okay, <laughs> I'll give you two, two side by side, and and um, 
one uh, bush growing out of the middle of a pile of rocks to our right. And so we belly crawled. It had to have been 1,200 yards. 1,200 yards, something like that. Well, we walked, we walked, you know, we stooped, we walked a little ways, and then we started stooping, and you know how it goes. This is, you know, you progress as you get closer. We walked a ways, and then we started bending over and walking a ways, and then we crawled for a ways, and then we done the full-on army on your elbows and belly crawl for the last couple hundred yards. And we got within two, we got down to... We got to the yuccas, and that was 460 yards away Four, from this this group of, there was four bucks. Two does had snuck in there at one point in time and then walked out, and a passel of antelope. There was easily 50 antelope. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you've ever hunted an antelope, um, kind of all eyes are on you no matter where you're at. Right. And and they knew we were there. The the buck bedded maybe fifty yards above these um, deer. And by this time, we're kind of down into the canyon. And this canyon was what maybe fifty feet deep, <laughs> maybe. you know, a hundred yards across, fifty feet deep. You know, more of just a little depression. But and they're one, up on the side of this hill with one sole tree on one their side. One sole tree, and they're all just to the right of this side, this this tree, and this antelope. He, and he, I was surprised that he laid down because I, he had his pegged, mm-hmm. um, and he watched us for a while. And of course, they're curious by nature, but w- once we stopped, he just laid down. Mm-hmm. He was good. We were no longer a threat. No, he laid down, and we waited. I don't know, maybe 20, 30 minutes. Um, Didn't want to take a shot on any of these deer bedded down at that distance especially. So we waited a while, um, 20, 30 minutes. Well, and we'd we'd switch rifles in there. We were both carrying a a 6.5 Creedmoor. And uh, Rodney, I I have a long-distance gun, and Rodney had shot... Uh, my long distance gun mm-hmm. a couple of months ago in a long range competition mm-hmm. and uh, did, did, did really very, well. very well with it. Did. So he was more than proficient with, with my rifle and mm-hmm. his confidence was was very high with that rifle yeah. and yeah. it's a it's a very nice setup and a very very nice rig. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, so so, typically typically I don't like to shoot sure further than three hundred yards. But like you said, with that rifle, I've done that long-range shoot with it. We're, um, we were shooting at a thousand, so yeah, four hundred and sixty yards with virtually no wind was was kind of a chip shot. Yeah. I had confidence that he could do it. He had the confidence that he could do it, and he had the confidence in the weapon that he was using. Exactly. So it, it was kind of a perfect storm. So we switched out rifles as as we got to the yuccas. And uh, we we made a obviously we're laying laying prone at this point. Um, Rodney had, had used our binocular cases and and this is where and this is where one of the reasons I say we should have made sure we had our packs sure. because had we had our packs with us, the the one downfall of you know I took I took some shooting sticks and I laid them I t- your shooting sticks and my shooting sticks laid them out. And then put the binocular cases on them. And I had a good rest. But the problem was, took both of our sets of binoculars away from us. Had we had our packs, then we've got that right sure. there. 
Um, that, that was a bad call on our part to, to drop our packs right there. Um, but in the end, we, we were still able to, to come up with something. Um, so finally, the deer that I was watching, uh, we called him the number one buck, stands up. And so I got on him. Um, you had run the calculations and given me the, the crosshair to use, um, on your scope. Dope, dope the scope. Yep. And I let her fly. And it sounded like a great shot. Um, when I get the scope back on him, his movements looked like it was a hit. Um, but he didn't go down. And I I turned to you and I asked you, did I get it? And you said, it sounded like a good shot, but I'm not sure. And when I went back, my scope wasn't on any of the deer. And I went to the deer that I thought was him. It was a 10 point. And at that distance, it's it's... With that scope, you can tell, um, but that wasn't the same deer. And I go to take another shot, and it clicks. And thank goodness. Um, I jack another one in, and I'm getting ready, and as I'm getting ready... I see the deer on the left-hand side, and he looks pretty humped up. And I get to looking closer, and I, that's why I told you. I said, that's the one I shot, not the other one. And the confusion was that he didn't go down. And so thank God I didn't, that, that gun didn't go off. Because I would have shot another deer. The 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 safety was on, and yeah, yeah, that was yeah. I would have I would have shot <clears throat> um, inadvertently, um, but I would have shot another deer had had it had it went off. Um, so I put another shot out there, but I missed. And this deer doesn't move, and he kind of turns quarter and away. He's got his butt right to us, and he looks humped up, but he doesn't move. And we watched the other three graze. They just started grazing. They didn't even run off or nothing. They just grazed around for 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and that buck never moved. He stood never took a step. right there and didn't move. <clears throat> and I remember telling you that I, I thought I could see blood, um, but he, he just didn't move. He didn't go down. So we waited. Uh, we watched for another 10 minutes. Nothing. Still, just standing there, tail swishing, head up. Yep, looking around. Didn't move. Didn't take a step. And at that point, we began questioning the first shot. We were, you know, both of us were in agreement that it sounded, that you could hear that that thwop. Yeah. You know, uh, you hunters out there, you know that sound. The crack followed by that thwop. That sounds like well, and, and it's that, hitting. The, hitting the fly time of that bullet is. A long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can definitely hear the slap. Yeah, and you can get that slap if you hit something weird, you know. But yeah. there's nothing out there other than other than rocks. So yeah. I, I was pretty confident that 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 you hit the deer, but 
without seeing any indication from the animal that he was hit. Right. I was like, well, I, I don't know. And the longer he stood there... So, the, the, yeah. Seriously, he, he stood there 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So we began to question it. Um, and then he just walks off. Looked, I, I, looked fine. A little, <sighs> little drunk and shottish, but yeah. it wasn't, wasn't enough to say, oh, yeah, that's a hit animal. Yeah. He makes it tops 10 steps, all of it facing away from us. Mm-hmm. All, all you had was Never butt. presented another shot. Was a shot at his butt. And he goes mm-hmm. over and lays down with his butt. Right, to right us. at us, yeah. And uh, lays down the shade of the one soul tree on the side of the hill. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, he lays there and he puts his head down and he picks his head up and he puts his head down. But he's not, looked like he was taking a nap. Yeah. It wasn't, it yeah. wasn't, oh my God, I'm hurt. Yeah. The one thing that I did say is, um, I, I remember telling you that his hind end... You know, typically when they lay down, they've got their feet tucked. Mm-hmm. But his hind end, his back legs were straight out. Yep. And I thought that was weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that added to my thought that I, at that point in time, I started thinking I got shot him. Well, the, uh, the, the second biggest buck in that bunch had, had bedded down maybe 100 yards above him. Mm-hmm. The other two smaller bucks <clears throat> had grazed down the hill to that buck and they were uh, they're looking at him but nothing alarming and they they lay down in the shade right next to it mm-hmm. yeah and so i was like well now what the hell do we do right you know um we're we're out of options yep. if, if we go make it a plan to sneak in on these these deer they're gonna have us pinned the minute we move yep and so now we've got to figure out, is the deer hurt? How yeah. do we get to the deer, a hurt deer, if it's hurt? Mm-hmm. And get around these other two deer that are three deer, yep. essentially that are on the hill, that know that something just happened. They right. heard a great big kaboom. Yeah. Two. Mm-hmm. So two. Um, luckily, we found a another... I think gopher well, hole, gopher yeah, mound. This was, this was the other bush coming out of the rocks. Um, it was about as far as away. It was just further uh, to the north. And well, and it gave, gave us a better position if we were able to get in there. Yeah. Um, if we were able to get in there, you you would have at least a quartering away shot at best. Yeah. And so we, we decided to make a move on yeah. it. And uh, here we go again on our bellies for another, I don't know, 400 yards. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we back out and um, then come around to this other bush. Like like Dedon says, another another 400 yards. We get up to this bush and we're watching. And we decided to, we decided that you were going to set up with your long range rifle. And then I was going to take the other 6.5 and back all the way out and make a move all the way around to the top of the canyon and work down the canyon. And the thinking was, in my mind, and I think that we were, 
I think I think neither one of us were really sure. Um, I was thinking more to the lines that he was hit, and I think you were thinking more to the lines that if he was hit, he was barely hit. Yeah, I, I thought maybe you'd hit him in the brisket, the low or brisket, uh, low foot, the leg. Yeah, and so we didn't want it. We didn't want to bump him, but. We're running out of time here, Chavez. We, were, we had to do something. <laughs> we were, I think we were a little confused as to, from his actions, but we thought this was a, this is what we finally decided. If he's hit, especially if he's gunshot, we thought the other ones might run off, but he would stay. And so we left you there, and if he got up to take off. You were going to put him down. Mm-hmm. I was going to go ahead and go around and try and make a move on him from the hillside where I thought I would be able to get on them without being seen. And, um, and have a full broadside shot. Yeah, and, and had a full broadside shot, exactly. So I, the only problem was there was a long 100-yard span getting out of there that they could absolutely see me. Mm-hmm. And then once I got around to the head of that canyon, there was a long 100-yard span where they could absolutely see me. Everything else I was covered. That little buck that bedded down with him, fortunately, nobody cared what he thought because he watched me cross both of those spans. He watched you. He stood up. He His ears were perked. Yeah. He lay back down. He'd stand back up. He'd watch you, um, you know, Kind of as in my youth, nobody really cared what I thought. Exactly, so, exactly. You don't know what you're talking now, about. Stay down. Now, now as I'm a little <laughs> older, um, nobody still cares what yeah, I think. Yeah. So. so I get in there. I'm moving back in there, and I get. Oh, I'm about hundred yards from them. Well, and, um, and something else. We were we were in complete camouflage, but Rodney had on an orange cap, and I'm, I think I'm not supposed to tell you what brand because we're on a podcast. But uh, his camouflage pattern and where we were at worked absolutely perfectly. Had he not had on an orange cap, he's 450 yards away from me. I would not have been able to find him. So he was. His camouflage was doing exactly what it what it needed to do, at least mm-hmm. from my perspective. Yeah. Um, but uh, and and his walk was probably close to a mile to go out around up and come back in on those on those deer, mm-hmm. um, just just to make the shot right. Yeah. And uh, you know the first time I I pick up Rodney, um, he's within couple hundred yards of where these deer are at mm-hmm. yep yeah once i made it through that stretch at the head of the canyon and i knew that buck could see me uh, but my my feeling was that i had got shot that buck and he wasn't going to get up if the others ran off he was going to stay there um and if he did you had him covered mm-hmm. um so we, uh, we moved on down there um and he did stand up and he's st- the whole time, wind's picking up speed, too. Yeah, the wind did pick up. And so he he stands up. And so right behind the tree is a, a, a little bush with some rocks in it. And all he did is, 
you know, well, well, first, I didn't, I didn't really necessarily have a shot because no. whenever he stood up, I just, just had him by the butt. I mean, yeah. I could see a front leg, but still not yeah. really a, a, a good shot for me to take. Yeah. So, um, anyways, he, and yeah, and so these are the things that you think about. So when I'm moving up there, I'm not sure if, if I've shot this buck. I'm assuming I have. I think I, I hit him. Um, you know, we discussed all this a lot of times. The other buck that went up to him, so I get a hundred yards. This other buck is up top and he's winded me. But instead of running away, he stands up and he comes running down to these other deer. And I immediately went right to him. Crosshairs on him. And that's, that's, these are the times where you have to make decisions as hunters and you want to make the right decision. Um, I could have shot him. I was 100 yards from him. I could have put him down. And I could have no shot him. No questions at asked. Any point. Yes. I could have shot him or any of the other three bucks at any one point. Right. But But the responsible thing to do. Is take care of the one. Animal. Take care of whether, the one that you whether might wounded, have. Whether he's not yeah. wounded, we need to take care of him first. And that's the decision I made: is not to shoot the ten point coming down the hill. And it turns out it was a very good decision. The big buck had stood up, and he walks three yards, lays down in that bush, and he's, you know, hundred yards from me, at most, and. The, so the, the ten point comes down the hill. The other two little bucks jump up. Um, they're going to listen to the big one, and he says, "It's time to go. Something ain't right." The wind had kind of changed directions. It was blowing, um, basically of, east to west. And they weren't really super excited, mm-hmm. but something just didn't. Yeah, there, there was yeah. A, there was a disturbance in the force. Yeah, they didn't take off. The, you know, they weren't. You know pouncing out of there they just they just just decided to go yep and uh big buck big buck had definitely winded me because the wind was was good for the for the buck under the tree i was good i was clear of him wind was going from my left to right he was dead in front of me but that big buck was on my right hand side just up the hill and he had winded me he come down picked up the two young bucks the other big buck with him didn't go so and then he stands up Moves around three yards, lays down. The other three deer go off. I didn't have a shot. I I watched that other buck get up, turn around, lay back down. I could have put one in his front, but I didn't. Um, He laid right back down. And at that point, I knew I had to have gut shot this deer. There there was no question after he he stood up, did the drunken shot over to that little bush. And laid right back down. And laid down. I was like... He's right. we we certainly have a at least a wounded animal yeah um and and probably pretty fatally wounded because he he's not going he's yeah. not moving yeah and he he looks pretty sick yeah so at that point I waved to you you know come on down here uh, you come down there to where I was and we kind of put a little roundabout stock on this buck I get up to about twenty yards from him. Go ahead and put one in his neck, put him down, um, go up to him, and I definitely gut shot him. Not, not horrible. Um, it was front gut. Um, 
But your, um, your elevation was elevation was perfect, absolutely perfect for a 460 yard shot. The elevation was perfect. It was a little far back. Gonna, I don't know if he'd taken a step. He, I think, or if a little bit of wind well got to it. Were, you were roughly six inches behind the front shoulders. Yeah, not not a splash perfect shot. Yeah, but. I guess essentially got the job done. Yeah, it did. It, well, it put him down. Um, it didn't put him down right away, but the amount of blood that was on the ground there um, was a lot more from just a true gut shot because just, just one right in the middle of his guts is not going to bleed that much. Well, and, and once we opened him up, I mean, you'd, you'd punched his uh, a portion of his lung. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd punched his diaphragm. You'd punched his liver. Um, he he was not going to go far. No, he was, no, he was done. He was He was a sick puppy. So uh, we get up there and and uh, do all the necessaries. We well now is when the fun really started. We got to go back and get our packs. Well, we don't we, have any knives. We we do the <laughs> we we do the the necessary. Fun. The necessary. We, yeah. We jump around, give give each other a high five. Yeah, the high um, fives, a grip and grin or two. Rodney grabs his grabs his tag and and we tag the animal right there and yep. That's uh, I I had my little bitty pocket knife. Uh, definitely not something to gut an animal with. I could if I needed to, but right. um, notch the tags, um, take a couple of pictures, and now Rodney realizes that he doesn't have his phone. Nope. And there's where that's where we said remember, um, remember this uh, for later because I had GPS marker packs. That's right. That's how we were gonna we were gonna find them in this flat open barren nothingness of a prairie that's how we were going to find our prac our packs so so we decided that rodney would go to the one yucca which was very easy to find yep from the one tree that we were at <laughs> right um so we knew where the deer was at right so rodney goes to the one single yucca and i'm going to go i know in the vicinity where we dropped the packs i mean we had adrenaline going we're, we're moving right so I start out across the country. He's going to go look for his phone at the Yucca and start there. It was the last time he remembered having this phone. Yeah. And if necessary, he'd make that walk, that one mile walk up to the north and come back in and um, kind of see if he could re- retrace his steps. Mm-hmm. So he strikes out one direction. I strike out the other direction uh, looking for our packs. He went directly to the Yucca. He finds his phone within ten yards. Ten yards yeah, ten yards behind the yucca. Where, where we were at, um, luckily. Yeah. And he grabs his phone and he starts making it towards me to help me locate the packs. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually kind of a bigger project than I thought it was going to be because there was a couple more ra- rocks that blended in with our camouflage packs that made it a little bit difficult. But, uh, you know, when you GPS that 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 point yeah and we were right on to him in, in two seconds yeah and, uh, got right back to him grabbed everything and headed back to the deer and yeah. that's that's when work starts at that point when we got back to the deer i remember looking at my phone it was eleven thirty-five. we had spotted those deers about Seven. those deer about shortly after sunup i mean well it wasn't it wasn't that short it was, i think we'd spotted those deer Man, I had to have shot that. I had to have pulled the trigger at about 
10.30. I had text Kyle. I, I think it was about 9, but irregardless, I guess I can... While you talk, I'll look. There you go. Um, but anyway, when we got back, it was 11.35. When we got back to the deer. And then we do the fun part of of gutting uh, and field dressing the animal, which we did in all of 10 minutes. I am... Fairly proficient at getting. Yes. It was a nice, quick... Uh, I had text Kyle at 10.03. 10.03. And you shot within five minutes of that. So okay. you shot at 10 o'clock that morning. It's 10 o'clock. So 11.35. So first shot at 10 o'clock. 11.35. We get back to get, to get the deer. We got the deer. And here was our big mistake of the day. We decided... To drag him out. In hindsight. In hindsight, not a great idea. I don't know if I can um, say the brand name Tylenol, but thank God I had Tylenol. <laughs> yes, because we were a little sore. We were a little sore uh, the, uh, this morning. The the smarter thing for us to do um, would have been to debone that animal. We had game bags with us to debone that animal put him in our packs we only had one frame pack we had another frame pack at the truck um but the smartest thing for us to do would have been to send somebody out with the majority of the gear bring the second frame pack back in uh, completely quarter um completely quarter at least if not entirely debone that deer and pack him right out yep but we decided to to drag right (laughs) we decided to drag and and so let's say let's say this here's one of the biggest problems about this entire process your long range gun is 16 16 pounds 16 pounds that's a large heavy gun anybody that's uh, a standard deer rifle is 9 pounds correct um, this is, uh, the scope alone weighs three pounds. Um, you know, it's, it's a tank. It's, yeah. it's, it's a beast. Got the job done, um, but you're going to pay for it, you know, and we did pay for it. You know, and that's, um, that's the longest I've packed that big heavy monster anywhere. Right. Um, I've shot it a lot. Shot cop competition with it. I've shot some animals out of blinds in Texas at unbelievable distances, mm-hmm. but Putting that thing on your back and committing to walk five, as six, eight, ten, we twelve miles with it, and we weren't even expecting to be in the deer that soon. No, you know, we we were. I think we looked at it and and we drug that deer a little over two miles. Mm-hmm. Not not even um, that bad. Yeah, um, a lot of a lot of, and of course, earlier in the story, we we're talking about you know how there's barely any up and down. Uh, not so much. How I remember it going out though, because <laughs> when you and this was a very large body deer, it it was the, the that thing had more fat on it. That yes. that may be the single largest deer that I've ever put my hands yep. on. He was an absolute toad. Yeah, um, Rack was a good good solid, but he he had so much fat on him, which probably uh, attests to what kind of winter we're going to have this winter. Right, um, he's. <laughs> He's getting fat for the winter. I'm getting fat for the winter. You're I'm already fat, fat for the winter. 
yeah, he was he was a specimen of a deer. Um, and so you've got, you know, 20 pounds on you already. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that because I took some of your gear um, and put it in my pack. And then we proceed to drag that deer out. Mm-hmm. And like I said, going in. Now, of course, when we went in, we went in closer up to the hill. And it was a lot flatter. And the further away from the hill you get, those canyons get deeper. And that's where we were dragging that deer out. And so it was up, down, up, down. And although the down was great, the up was not so great. The down was not great by any means. The, The down sucked... It just didn't suck as bad as up. Yeah. Up sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was a um, plethora of different kinds of suck. <laughs> so the the excitement, kind of the cherry on the top of it. Right. We, we had probably drugged that deer halfway. We'll call it the one mile mark. Yeah. Actually, it was almost the one mile mark because you checked. Yep. Um, one mile back to the truck, which takes us, you know, a, a pretty good portion of, of the afternoon there. Mm-hmm. And we're cruising along. It starts to dawn on me that it's, you know, as we left the deer, we had taken off our shirts. I'm in a t-shirt. Rodney's in a t-shirt. And we're ready to go. And, um, we're pulling and I can't even be proud about this. No. But, uh... This, this, this is how I explained it to your friend. Well, look. look. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I step. I'm, I'm pulling this deer. Rodney's on the other side. We're pulling this deer. And about the time as my foot, my right foot is up and it's going down to take the very next step... And a little buzz stick right below my foot uh, starts rattling. And uh, it's, it's a little Mojave rattler that's about two and a half foot long. Mm-hmm. And he was as pissed off as any rattlesnake I've ever seen in oh, my entire man, he, he went ballistic. Um, you know, they, they say rattlesnakes can strike two-thirds of their body's distance. This one, one. this one could strike all the way to end into his tail. He was an athlete, uh, and uh-huh. he was ticked off. I've never seen. I, I Thank across, God I didn't step on it. Right? Yeah. I well, mean, you were right there. I don't. Well, you squealed like a girl, um, jumped over the moon, wiped your butt with it, and landed halfway back to where we gut pile behind the deer. I, I, I gotta be honest. I, <laughs> I'm a screamer. <laughs> I fell over. I fell over the deer. I landed right on my back because, like you said, we were right on top of that thing, and I had to go backwards. You you were hungry because um, you ate shit. I did. I I fell right flat on my back with my um, with your with your gun that was strapped to the my little gun. the little the one that was strapped to the backpack, and that that ding ding just come out of nowhere, and it's it's, it's flat ground. I mean, seventy degrees outside, and scared in, the dog end of October. turds out of us. And I've got a pic. We've got a picture of it, and and you can see just you know, of course, 
being the menly men that we are, we were, you know, 20 yards behind the deer taking this picture so you can see the rattlesnake right through the horns. <laughs> anyway, we dispatch of the rattlesnake because I don't believe in letting those things crawl away no matter where you are. Good book says that they were made by the devil. Right? That's right. If it doesn't say that, it shouldn't. That's they're, right. They're <laughs> so we dispatch of, of the, the rattlesnake and... The rest of the trip was jumpy. Yeah. Um, you know, everything <laughs> out there after you almost step on a rattlesnake looks like, looks and sounds, sounds like. exactly like a rattlesnake. <laughs> um, I, I can't, I would say no less than 20 times. <laughs> one or the other of us <laughs> dropped the, the deer and made... You know, in football, they call that a football move. Yeah. You know, did you catch the ball and make a football move? Um, you, I, I would call that a rattlesnake move right. or shitting my pants move or something because I ejected. And uh, there there were a lot of movements. I won't say whether, whether or not they were bowel movements, but there were a lot of movements. <laughs> Rodney Owens, <laughs> thank you to Haynes Underwear. <laughs> It, it, we we I'm, yeah we were a little jumpy after that it was pretty funny, but You're one a sadist one, if one you more think that was funny. one more one more thing I want to get to before we hit our uh, hit our benchmark here is the um we we got we got rid of the rattlesnake we proceeded and we were tired we were, we were done we we were wore out. Um, it's getting close on to the evening. Um, neither of us are spring chickens anymore. We weren't prepared for for that drag. We made a poor choice in trying to drag that deer out. And so here's what happened. We we downloaded on X. Well, I got the free preview of on X because I wanted to try it out for this hunt, and it worked pretty dang good. I do want to say this that for you for you guys out there that don't want to pay for um a product like onyx um there's carry maps it does everything that onyx does except show you who owns the private property but in this case onyx did us did us well saved our bacon so on our way out we were kind of headed straight for the highway because uh, that e was the, the shortest the out. shortest <laughs> the shortest route and it led us to some private and when we got to this point, we had 500 yards to go to the highway or a mile, um, a thousand yards to go to the pickup. Mm -hmm. And it was at this point that we decided it was time to take the gear to the pickup. So we threw some shirts on it on the deer, took the gear to the pickup, and we had on X so we knew the owner of the property. And we happened to track him down use the phone a friend app use the phone a friend and tracked the gentleman down and got permission to drag the deer across the private property um and i bring this up because that was the most um the the the, the rightest thing that we did all day there's a lot of animosity between private landowners and public land hunters 
And the reason is, is because a lot of people don't take the time to go ahead and do the right thing. Whether you agree with private landowners and their stance or public landowners and their stance, it's always right to do the right thing. And I, I agree wholeheartedly that we did the right thing in tracking him down first and asking permission to drag that deer across his property. It wasn't marked. There was no fence. Um, I don't... Uh, um, you know, and he was—he was the the cool thing was is he was super appreciative that that we took the time, yes, to 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 not just say, oh well, screw this guy, we're cut. You know, this is the easy way out. We're cutting, we're cutting a trail and getting out of here Correct. and getting it done right. And we, I don't think I don't think that there would have been anything morally wrong with us dragging that deer across his property without permission. Okay, but. It was the right thing to do to attempt to to get in contact with him and get permission before we did. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to point that out because that was that was uh, I was I was happy that we did that to do it that way. And, and the more public land hunters that are Respect. respectful of the private land owners, the better the relationship will be between the two parties. You know, and I, I have an interesting perspective on that. Mm-hmm. As our, a private landowner. Our, our family has a ranch over, mm-hmm. over by Mayhill. And, you know, it's, it's uh, I can't tell you how many times just as a kid up there hunting and uh, to this day, you know, you, you see somebody that's cut a fence mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. you catch them with a ranger in there trying to take out an animal. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they think they have the right, right, and you don't have a right. You don't. I mean, it's it's it's, it's illegal. It's, it's illegal. It's private property. That is that is like me, you know. Yeah, it's walking trespass- through it's, your house. It's trespassing. It's, it's, you don't do it. Yeah. So uh, I have, and you know, that was kind of talking with the owner back and forth. Um, that was that was his. You know, he was like, I, I can't believe that you guys would actually take the time. And contact me and say, "Hey, can we do this and not 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 beg for forgiveness after it was done?" Correct. So, um, anyways, yeah, it's a good thing to do. So we get the deer out, got him to the truck, got him to the meat processor. On to day two. Day two, no public land deer. Dedon didn't get shit. <laughs> I'm the only one that killed anything. I rule. Thank you. Adios. <laughs> Uh, how do we do an edit on a podcast? <laughs> um, yes. End results. Um, we saw less than no deer today. Um, we, we did see some fantastic deer in a hay field. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, trying to do what's right by the landowner. I walked up and um, knocked, on, knocked the door. on the door and, and you know was going to ask permission to to uh, make a move on this buck and uh, a fantastic buck would have been hands down the biggest deer I've ever killed. Yeah. It was a good buck. Um, but needless to say, landowner wasn't there or chose not to answer the door. Maybe because I was in camouflage. Could be. Know. Could be. Um, but, uh, you know, once again, did the right thing and, uh, took a picture and, you know, Took a picture and drove off. Drove off. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't make a move on that deer, and and again, we, we you know we 
And no public land here all well, day today. And, and that property on the back side of that public land was just across the fence. It was public it was land. Public yeah. land. But Un, we couldn't get inaccessible because unaccessible. we couldn't get, get through the private land. Yeah. Um so but you know, I sleep well tonight knowing that I did the right thing. Yep. And um well, yeah, that's, fun. that's that's not always my stance, but that was my stance today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we had fun. We enjoyed it. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Um, we'll put some pictures up. Um, we didn't. We weren't able to get any video. Um, I, did, I did get a couple of videos. Did you get some yeah, videos? What, got, the, what videos did you get? Um, oh, that's right. We got some, yeah, some videos were, of us dragging that fast deer out. You were pulling the deer out uh, without my help. You know that that was. The, That's right. I pulled one hundred percent of did, that deer, did pull, didn't I? You do pull that one. I got the, some pictures of you dragging one hundred percent of the deer. The, the rest of the time, I think it was more like a seventy thirty split. It was. I, I had the heavy. I had the heavy end no, of the deer. No, no, and, no, no. Uh, you were downhill. You were pulling downhill the whole I, time. I pulled eighty percent of the weight eighty percent so. of the time. So, the uphill guy is always pulling more of the weight. Um, you're pulling everybody else on this podcast leg. <laughs> <laughs> I can't reach their leg. So, anyways, All right. good times, good times, but another hunt in the book. Another hunt. Um, come join us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. We have a website, notagrandeoutdoors.com, and we are working on shirts and hats. We'll let you know as soon as we have them available. Thanks for joining, and adios. Adiós.